You are listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 114. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing, and you should too. Well, hello everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I'm your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. Now, this is a show dedicated to helping real people, that is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor. And today's episode is 2018 third quarter market summary. But before we get to the topic of the day, we got to talk about what's been going on this week. On Wednesday, Dow Jones dropped about 800 points, followed by Thursday, and that was Wednesday, October 10th, Thursday, October 11th, another 500 plus points. And today, as I'm recording this podcast, October 12th, Friday, market started up, just the Dow is all I'm talking about, and now is about even, and it is about 1240 Central Time. And that's got a lot of people uh, spooked. And I know this because wherever I go, people are asking me what's going on. I mean, that Dow has dropped several percentage points. And I don't blame people for asking questions. And when we see these downside, this downside momentum, it tends to go on for a short period of time. And these are impossible to predict when they're going to happen. Do not let anybody tell you that they knew Wednesday and Thursday were going to happen because you know what? They didn't. Only the people who say things like the market's going to go down every single day. Well, obviously, the days that it does, well, they're right. But they never predict the other way. I can tell you that when we have these short-term quick drops that what we for sure need to be doing is focusing on our long-term objections and our, sorry, our long-term objectives and reemphasizing the plan that we have in place. Because if it's a good plan, it calls for market drops like this. And we'll talk about that in a second. So the question people ask me though, is Scott, why did this happen? And across the board, what people are saying, well, the storylines, you know, we got to have a storyline every time the market goes way up or way down. So we need to find something to blame it on, either an uptick or a downtick. And across the board, people are blaming interest rates, rising interest rates, that is, as the problem for why the market took a turn for the worst these past couple of days. But my question to you is, why are they pointing to the credit markets? We've known the Fed has told us 
exactly how many times they were going to raise interest rates this year, and they've done it just as they said they were going to. In fact, they're going to raise interest rates one more time this year. It wasn't new news. The problem is why markets rise or decline over the short period uh, is unanswerable. You can't answer the question because you know what? Sometimes it's many factors. Sometimes it just happens because these emotions play a huge toll in what people do. And there's all kinds of other day traders that are doing all of this technical analysis. And when one thing triggers another thing, all of a sudden all these sell orders start triggering and we see a big market drop down. I'm not saying that's what happened, but a lot of times when we look back, we can point to things such as this. And I want to leave you, before we get into the, the third quarter market summary, is four key points, though, about what just happened. And number one is significant market events. They don't change our investment philosophy. If you're a family steward and you are grounded in the philosophy that I talk about over and over again in these podcasts, what happened these last couple of days are not going to change our investment philosophy. Whatever the media says about the reasons for yesterday's decline because of interest rates or whatever else, it's just noise. That's all it is. The news cycle wants to come up with storylines, especially storylines that are going to appeal to our emotions so they can sell more ads. That's why they're in business. I mean, we, if we're family stewards, we plan for periods of negative performance. It's going to happen. And yesterday was just one of those times. All right, number two, this whole thing about the credit markets, I want to make sure I emphasize that the interest rates are going to continue to go up. And it's a good thing that they are. Because when we have our next big down cycle, we have at least one tool in our chest to help minimize some of the damage if we kept interest rates at zero forever that's going to be a big problem the next time we go through a recession the fed needs to do their job and i'm not here to tell you when or how they should raise interest rates but they've already told us that they are raising interest rates this year last year and next year that's enough about that. Number three, long-term gains are built on short-term volatility. If you want good long-term gains, you can look anywhere in history. What you're going to find in the long term is that the stock market goes up, but it doesn't keep going up. We have to put up with the short-term volatility in order to get a higher than expected returns than in the bond market or just having our money in cash. It's the only reason we get higher expected returns in the stock market is because we have to put up with stuff like this week. It's kind of like the stock market is walking up the stairs constantly. The market is going up in the long term. But as you're walking up the stairs, you're staring at the yo-yo that you're playing with going up and down. Those are the daily 
and weekly and monthly and even yearly sometimes stock returns. But if we keep our head up, walking up the stairs, that's the long-term stock market going up. I mean, we know in the last 92 years, 75% of the years have been up, 25 of the years have been down. If we hold our portfolio a good one for a long period of time, we should see our portfolios go up. The last thing I want to point out before we get into the third quarter results is political uncertainty is going to be a reality for the rest of this year, my friends. There is a lot of uncertainty around politics and who's going to take control of the Congress. So you better bet that volatility is going to exist as we get closer to those elections. Let's get to the topic of the day. All right, here we go. Third quarter 2018 market summary. I had to get through the last couple of days before I got to this. Funny thing is, it was a nice third quarter, better than the first and second quarter, even though it all <laughs> pretty much got wiped away in these last couple of days, hopefully to come back. And in, a, in the overall view, though, the U.S. stock market was up a little over 7% in the third quarter. International developed 1.3%. Emerging markets down again, negative 1.09%. Global real estate was down 0.03%. And the bond markets were basically flat. Global bond market down. And some of the longer term bonds were down. So when you mix that all in, the first thing that that jumps out in me is when you see that huge U.S. stock market return. And then you look at your portfolio and you're like, I didn't get that 7%. Why didn't I get that 7%? Well, usually points to two reasons. Number one, the S&P 500 is an extremely volatile asset class. And most of us can't handle the volatility. In fact, let's just look at the most recent past. 2008, the U.S. stock market, just looking at the S&P 500, was down 38% from peak late 2007 to the bottom during the first quarter of 2009, the S&P 500 was down 53%. You're sitting with a million dollars right now, and now your money is worth less than $500,000. That might be too much volatility for you. So one, what do you do? You have bonds in your portfolio. Hopefully short-term bonds that I talk about in this podcast, but that means you're not going to get that full 7% because you're not in the market 100%. That's number one. Number two is we don't want to just be in one asset class. Sure, the U.S. market did great this quarter, but a globally diversified portfolio where you have not 500 companies or not just the U.S., but multiple countries in your portfolio is in your best interest. In other parts of the world, other countries didn't do so hot. Like I said, emerging markets were down and international was down. But once again, let me, let me point to something to you. From the years 2000 to 2009, the U.S. stock market, or at least the S&P 500, averaged negative 1% per year. Those that are using the family steward the family stewardship approach to investing, highly diversified companies, countries, sectors, 
asset classes, the premiums that we talk about, small, profitability, relative price, those portfolios were up over 6% per year when the S&P was down almost 1% per year. So let's just keep that into perspective when we're looking at quarterly returns on our 401k statements, our IRA statements, etc. Let's break it down though and just look uh, real quick um, at the U.S. stock market and break down these different asset classes. Large growth, which has been having a great um, time since 2010, was actually the number one performer, up over 9%, where large cap overall up up that 7%. Uh, Large value was up 5.7%, and then small cap was up 3.5% with growth beating value this quarter. And by the way, the U.S. stock market now makes up 55% of the world market capitalization worth $29.7 trillion. The international developed stocks now, the developed countries, they make up 34% of the world market capitalization worth $18.6 trillion. And when we look, well, first of all, When we look at all the other developed countries minus the U.S., they were up just a little bit. Large cap up 2%, small cap down about a percent with growth um, besting value. Same as we saw last quarter in the U.S. Now, different story in the emerging markets. The emerging markets make up 11% of the world capitalization worth $5.8 trillion. And here we see that value did um, was the only premium in emerging markets that actually had a positive return. That large cap value uh, was after converting back to U.S. currency up about 3.5%. But large cap overall, negative 1%. Small cap, negative 4.2%. Growth, negative 5.3%. So once again, emerging markets, not a great asset class this year. When last year, emerging markets were up over 35%. And that begged a question for a lot of people that said, I want a part of the emerging markets or I want more of the emerging markets and they want to double down on the emerging markets instead of staying in their lane. And while we should own emerging markets in our portfolio, one that's tilted in small and tilted in value and holding as many companies as possible on reliable stock exchanges, we want to then stay in our lane and we don't want to underweight or overweight emerging markets because there's no telling when the emerging markets premium is going to hit. We just know we cannot time it or chase that hot dot. And if we would have, we would have found that emerging markets is the absolute worst performing asset class so far in 2018. Anything can happen in the fourth quarter, but so far, not so good. Let's look at countries real quick while we're at it as we round out the the third quarter 2018 results. And uh, as we already talked about, the U.S. had an outstanding quarter, but the very best developed country 
and its return was Israel at 8.53%. The U.S. was second with the worst performing developed market, negative 5.42 to Ireland, and Belgium was negative 4%. What about the emerging markets? Well, some did good and some did really, really bad. Thailand actually was up almost 15%. But then when you go down to the bottom end, Greece, negative 13.36%, and Turkey, down 20.89% in the third quarter alone. What about real estate? Well, U.S. real estate was up almost a percent. They were up 0.72%, and global real estate down about a percent and a half. The last thing that we're going to look at here before we close out the third quarter market report is commodities. A lot of people ask if commodities belong inside of their portfolio. And commodities are extremely volatile. And when you're going to own thousands of companies as a family steward, you are taking part in these commodities without investing in them directly, the highly volatile asset class. So if you decide to own any, I recommend a very small percentage. Most commodities were down this quarter. A couple were up. Heating oil was up 5.63% and Brent crude oil up 5.21%. But when you look at the bottom two, and most of them had negative returns, sugar down 14.5% and nickel down a little over 16% all in one quarter. And there you have it, your third quarter 2018 market summary. If you're interested in digging deeper into these numbers, go to bestinwealth.com, find episode 114. I have a PDF on everything that I was talking about today. So find that summary, click on it if you want to geek out on some of these numbers. But what I really want to leave you with, the last little bit of time that we have together, are the things that I talked about at the beginning of this podcast as we start to move into this short-term volatility. Because I don't know what's going to happen in the next week or two, but we may see a lot more of this volatility. But remember, remember if you're using the family stewardship approach to investing, that significant market events do not change our investment philosophy. We need to stay in our lane in every asset class that matters in our portfolio. We do not want to get in and out of the market as much as sometimes we want to. And as much as sometimes some of the headlines suggest us to, they do not know your long-term plan. So do not listen. They are talking to the short-term investors. The other thing that you need to keep in mind is long-term gains are built on short-term volatility. The only reason we get long or higher than expected returns is because we put up with this short-term volatility. We put up with this stress of our portfolios going down in the short term sometimes. And man, we just did these last couple of days and we may throughout the rest of the year. And lastly, keep in mind that I sense, although I can't tell you for sure, that more market 
volatility is on its way because of uncertainty in the political spectrum right now on who's going to take over Congress. That always creates uncertainty and the market hates uncertainty. You guys, I want you to pay attention to your long-term plans and you have one great rest of your day and I'm going to see you where? I'm going to see you on the flip side. Bye-bye, everyone. Take care. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.